This is Shoes with Culture Cast Radio. You're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Ryan M. Brewer. Michael fucking Malone. <laughs> What's up, bud? Nothing, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good. 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 So this is playing out like in the movies where a villain captures the good guy and then goes mm-hmm. over his plan. Yeah, and tells it, it, game uh, play by play exactly. Yeah, what he's yeah, he's always like, first, since you're tied up, <laughs> I'm going to go to the police station, and then I'm gonna, and, and you're just sitting there as the hero, like, well. I'm going to fucking break out of this and stop it. <laughs> I'm sitting there as the over anal- overly analytical hero going, man, if I was a crook, the last place I'd go first is the police station. That's an interesting plan you got there. <laughs> right. And like all his henchmen are just like, yeah, we're going to fuck. We sure are. Yeah. And then it plays out and here we fucking are. We've escaped the ropes. And uh, we've mm-hmm. just got to get ahead of him now before he can actually get to the fucking police station and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and kill I the commissioner. It, to, to me, it seems like um, it almost seems like uh, the, the, the government at the moment is an accurate microcosm um, that's representative of the entire country, right? Like no. it seems like the loudest, most obnoxious wildest people in Washington get all the camera time and the rest of them get none. Right. But the rest of them are like kind of sane, you know? So they're just like, you notice like when, when they're doing the state of the union address, right. And they're like, and there they do your like six people that, you know, and you're like, Oh, there's jackass number one. And there's jackass number two, but there's a whole fucking room of people. You don't have any idea who the hell they are. And you know yeah. why? Because they're not fucking insane, right? Yeah. So, uh, so, so my my uh, my hypothesis is that perhaps most of the people in Washington are, are significantly less crazy than Donald Trump, right? <laughs> so when he's like, "I'm going to take it to the courts," and then it gets to the courts, and they're like, oh, "This is fucking nonsense. You're not going to." Yeah, gonna they've already even, thrown it out in two of the we're states. We're not even going to entertain that. And everyone's like, "They're going to pack the courts with all these Trump people," and I'm like, "Trump's the craziest man on the planet. There yeah. aren't lots of Trump people. There's like ten of them, and the rest of them are just like, where'd this case come from? Oh, the president." Well, I can't even look at this. What the fuck are you talking about? Get it out of here. Next case, please. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like he's I'm going to take it to the courts and the courts are like, who gives a shit? Your thing doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not real. You're the all of the lawsuits that he brought were their show because he's, you know, because he said he was going to do it. Oh, of course. Now he has to do it. So now he has to do it. He's like, I'm going to take it to the courts. And they're like, you have no case. And he's like. Make one up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I tweeted out earlier. I was like, in the reverse scenario, mm. right? If Trump had two sixty four out of two seventy, and Biden yeah. had two fourteen out of two seventy, Trump would have called it days ago. And the absurd fucking thing is, even when he had like one ninety or something, yet he already called it for himself. <laughs> In true Trump fashion, he was like, hey, when, uh, as you can see, 
<laughs> Stop the voting. I it's win. Obvious. I have 190. <laughs> it's obvious. It's well, it's well reported at this yeah. point. He literally, uh, I watched the press conference at 2 a.m. And he told the, he told the, the room full of people, he goes, we were getting ready to celebrate. We were all set up to have a party. And then all of a sudden they keep finding votes. It Nobody's canceled. Nobody's finding these votes. Nobody's like getting in their car and reaching back, like, oh, I want, oh, shit. Oh, that's a, oh, sorry, my Biden vote was. I found some votes. I found found 300,000 votes in between my car seats. Can I I turn these in? He's not finding votes. These are mail in ballot. These votes have been here, dog. It's like LL Cool J said don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. (laughs) These votes. All those mail in votes. Are LL, they're LL Cool J votes. So from now on, right? Uh, all the uh, all the mail-in votes are are referred to as LL Cool J votes. Uh, Ladies love to vote. Second, seconded, <laughs> ratified. Let's move forward. It's just so wild, man. Uh, Dude, he's a fucking again, nightmare, man. It's, he's a fucking nightmare. It's the uh, rhetoric that goes along with it. It's the terminology again, like finding yeah. votes is not is not the way you address that because that's what then it trickles down to his supporters as stealing i mean he's downright i mean i i took a video earlier i have to show you this of trump's feed on his twitter it is uh it's all been like almost almost every post has been uh, uh like like a like blocked from twitter itself Right. Saying, uh-huh. yeah. hey, yeah. this post has misinformation. <laughs> because him and his sons are just on Twitter being like, it's a fraud. They're stealing. We're going to court. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Twitter's like, hey, man, mm-hmm. you can't you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. The the absolute the absolute inability to consider what most people kind of thought might happen. Again, Even the remotest possibility, right? Like, like yeah. most people kind of thought, at least kind of thought, what was going to happen is that they were going to be like, we're going to have an uptick in, in mail-in voting. Why? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. Who believes that the pan- pandemic is real? Biden voters. <laughs> exactly. Who's going to take advantage of the mail-in voting option? Biden voters. <laughs> So who are going to be the majority of the names on the votes when they come in the mail? Biden. And so when we start counting them, it ain't going to go well for you, big guy. Literally every single person on the news for the past like three weeks has been like he's going to have to have a massive, massive lead going into like the second day because then that's when they start counting the mail of the mail-in yeah. votes. And if he doesn't have a massive lead, those mail-in votes are going to topple the thing and he's like... What? Yeah, it's it's just yeah. so, it's just so. And I it would makes say, you wonder if the Republicans thought that they really were going to get it passed that you, that is, it, like at midnight on the day of the election, the voting was going to stop. Yeah, right. Because like their whole thing was like you can't count the other votes early, you can't count them early. We don't want to know. We want it to be a surprise, like a pair of millennial parents. We want to be surprised on the day of. You right. can't do it early. Uh, and then uh, 
And then, so we got to the day of, they started counting, it turned midnight, and they were like, we didn't have enough time, we'll have to start tomorrow. And they're like, well, you can't do that, you gotta stop now. No, no, we just keep going until we count them, that's how it fucking works, that's how it's always fucking worked. But they've done it to themselves. All these voter right. suppression laws that they've put in place in these states where it says you can't even fucking look at a mail-in ballot until like 11 p.m. Right. on election night, all this <laughs> stuff. So, like, you did that. Right. Yes. And now we we played ball. We're like, fine. We have, like, okay. you know, a yeah, kabillion right. fucking mail-in ballots to count. Uh, It'll be like Christmas morning for like three ni- nights in a row. Yeah. Okay, fine, we'll wait. <laughs> Dog, you don't want you you don't want Christmas. You want Hanukkah? Fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going to be eight crazy nights. Let's have eight crazy <laughs> nights of mail-in vote of counting. Mail-in we'll do each voting. other's hair. We'll order pizza. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's fu- it's fucking wild, man. What's happening? But that's again, like we're talking about this this rhetoric that trickles down. Um, you know, my feed is full of, uh, again, people who are claiming that stealing the election, doing it. There's a group mm-hmm. of, uh, of people that gathered last night in Arizona. They were fucking armed. They're banging on the windows, trying to open the doors to get in to stop people from counting votes. Mm-hmm. This, this is the trickle down effect mm. and it's harmful. And so when we talk about things like this, like people are listening. And we talked about this on, a, on the last podcast. People are listening and people are actively listening. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think and, – and, and the thing that was the most alarming throughout this election is that it shouldn't have been this close uh, of, of, an, of, of a race. This is – Donald Trump had more, like like you and I talked about this in, in private, Joe Biden had the most votes of any candidate who's ever run for president. Donald Trump had the second most votes for anybody who's ever run for, he, he's almost doubled what he ran in, in 2016. They talk about that a lot in these counties where they're bringing up the map and they're like, yeah, this, this wasn't like this in 2016. He's turned this, he's added numbers here. It's wild to think that we've spent the last four years with this harmful rhetoric, you know, all, you know, all the things that, that, that you know, the, the endless list of, of Trump's, you know, discretions, and he's doubled his fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. fucking really think, alarming. Uh, yeah. And the, and the thing is, you want to go, okay... These Trump supporters, they're all, you know, the, this this idea that the vast majority, we talked about this a couple uh, conversations ago, the vast majority of them are this or the vast majority right. of them are this. Um, and you got to hope that the man, a man like that's not going to increase his vote in, in uh, the Latino community and he's not going to increase his vote in the black community. And he, and he did. Yeah. And he fucking did. And uh, I think... I think that says a couple things. Uh, it says it says that po- politicians in Washington, believe it or not, have no idea who the fuck they're talking to. They have no idea. They're not like you, and they're not like me. They they'll they'll try their best to convince you that they are, but they're not. Yeah. They have no idea who the fuck they're talking to. Look at the wide array of belief systems you have in the United States of America. 
Let's talk about how in in my state, uh, the the governor and then the the state prosecutor are like doubling down on like uh, just as, as as recently as last year on marijuana, right? Whereas in Oregon, you can just have a little bit of the cocaine now, and it's okay. <laughs> Dude, it's totally how, fine. Can we talk it's about how wild heroin. it is that cocaine and heroin are legal in Portland? Right? Like, so in Oregon, that's okay. Where I live, the green stuff that grows in the ground is still, like, A satanic, felony. and you deserve to be in fucking prison about it. You deserve yeah. to be in prison about it. Like, with people who kill people... And people who like rape people and people who smoke this green stuff that comes out of the ground, they're all in the same fucking place. It's yeah. goddamn wild. Okay. And then you consider the fact that Florida went handily to Donald Trump in an election in which they voted handily to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Okay. Um, Arizona, like the land of John McCain. And like, uh, and like the land, I think their flag actually says land of racial profiling. I think is what it says <laughs> in Arizona. And, and, uh, and, and they're like, it, uh, they uh, either, but depending on who you believe, they either went Biden or are uh, impending to go Biden. Right. Right. And, um, and, and they're go, they went legal marijuana. New Jersey went legal marijuana. Like the, the belief systems in this country are 100% disparate um yeah. and 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 yet politicians talk to one of two people that you're either one of these people over here or you're one of these people over here and you're right ironically uh reagan republicans were correct that trickle down would work but it only works with like harmful language and harmful ideas right we've got this idea that uh that um that like like republican voters look this way and Republican voters believe these things, and Democratic voters look this way, and Democratic voters like these things. And in fact, most people are all around here in the middle. Yeah. And most people just end up settling on a president that, like, their parents voted for when they were kids, right? They just go, you just go, yeah. whatever it is my, my family says, that's what I say too, right? Well, and, and, and that's not, I have a hard time. There's a thin line between empathy and projection, right? I always try to put myself in the shoes of the other person, right? Like I try to go, okay, there's, I refuse to believe that there are like 600 million racists. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like, I refuse to believe that. There's gotta be something else going on there, right? right? So I try to put myself in the shoes of a fucking Republican, and be like, why am I still going and fucking voting for this guy, right? Why am I doing it? And what I end up doing is projecting my own belief system on their situation, right? Where I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm imagining me picked up and put in that situation instead of trying to understand what it is they might actually think. Rather than what I would think if I was in their situation, try to think what they actually think. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people on the planet Earth by the millions who believe that there's an old gray man in the sky, right? Yeah. They believe that wholeheartedly. It's not that it's not like an opinion they have. For them, that is a fact. 
That is a fact. Okay. And then we say, well, people aren't. Uh, <laughs> and then ironically, someone like Mike Pence says people are entitled to their own opinion, but they're not entitled to their own set of facts. Right. Um, which is a really hilarious thing to hear come from that man. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but my point is like, there are people who wholeheartedly and genuinely believe that. And I, and, and, and I think that if you're taught that from a very early uh, point in your life, that I think you deserve, I think you deserve leeway a little bit. And when I pick myself up and put myself in that position, I go, you know, if I was a person who believed this thing, I might be willing to do these certain things that me now wouldn't do. Instead of thinking, like, my understanding of the world is gone now. I'm that person over there, right? right? And they have a complete, the, the, the blue is not blue and red is not red. Like, it's, it's, it's a different way of viewing the world there. And I don't understand how I don't know how you get one person who can take all of these people and make them all feel like, yeah, we're going in the right direction. I honestly don't know how you do that. And and the only thing that I can think of in my brain to combat that is to uh, increase focus on local elections. Like, who do you like running in Los Angeles right now, Malone? I mean, I don't know. I know you don't. You know what's so I, funny? Is I know you don't. I don't either. And I live in a town where it'd be super fucking easy relatively. Because yeah. there's not a lot of people. So it's not like we have like 49,000 representatives or whatever. There's like like four people and they all live within five miles of each other. And I could go and read Facebook and find out what they believe about the world. Right. And then vote accordingly. But I fucking don't. I right. fucking don't. And yet all we hear about is Joe Biden or Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Who's, okay, uh, Republicans, who's going to come to your door and get your guns? Was, do you think Joe Biden's going to do it? Or do you think the cops and the military officials whose asshole you can't pull your tongue out of for five minutes, do you think they're the ones coming to get your guns? They probably are. The cops and the military are the ones coming to get your guns, if anyone's coming to get your guns. It's not Joe Biden. So maybe you should take more of an interest in who the local cops are, perhaps. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's like local elections become an afterthought, and I vote for, like, my friend's uncle because he was nice to me at a party once. Instead of, like, caring about these local elections, like, Donald Trump didn't pay the salary of that jackass that killed George Floyd. He didn't. But there was a sheriff somewhere who did. Yeah. And that fucking guy shouldn't have a job anymore. And I don't know if he does because I'm a piece of shit and didn't read into it at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I I agree full heartedly on this. And I think we get uh, – well, I, there's a lot to unpack here. And I did just talk for like 20 straight minutes. So you got time. <laughs> I would say I – was, I would start here and say I was talking about this idea of, of gun control the other day on my, on my live feed – 
about this because that was a big talking point when Obama was running. They were like, he's going to come get your guns. And that's the same thing I'm seeing on my feed now with, with Biden. Some of the, they actually interviewed a couple of people who were protesting last night in Arizona. And the guy came with an AR-15 and a couple shotguns on his back. And the guy was interviewing him. He's like, well, why did you come here with your, with these guns? And he said, well, I'm exercising my right before it's taken away from me. And somebody gets elected that I don't agree with. Now, uh, say you will that sounds pretty fucking ominous and all this other mm-hmm. stuff but i'm not a gun owner blah 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 blah. right this fear that somebody's coming door to door to get your fucking gun is insane on yeah. top of that nobody's asking for your gun no democrat has right. ever run on the idea of we're taking your fucking gun we're running on the mm-hmm. idea of better gun laws better gun safety mm-hmm. stuff like that sure mm-hmm. Uh, guilty. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. should have a background check and all this other stuff like guilty. Right. Um, right. Secondly, the number one excuse that I always hear from the gun lobbyist is this, is this idea of, uh, well, what if I need it to overthrow the government? Homie. I was just thinking about this earlier today. Um, First of all, did you know Joe Jorgensen was a woman before no, election I night? <laughs> I wanted to talk about it. I saw the feed and I was like, that's a woman? <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, that's how, that's how bad I am at politics. But bro, like um, this idea, like if, let me tell you something. If the government wants you dead, you dead. Yeah. This idea so, we're going to overthrow, they have the U.S., the world's strongest and largest military. Yeah. That's what you're going to take. You John Wick? Yeah. You John yeah. Wick, dog? Well, here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'll say. And here's where, here's where shit like that needs to be not, you don't need to erase that. You need to refocus yes. your, your, your anger, right? not you. I mean, you in general. Right. Um, you have a right to bear arms. I agree. I do happen to be a guy who agrees. Here's the thing. Do most people who exercise their right to bear arms have an AR-15? No. Most of them have one pistol that they keep not loaded in the very top of a closet buried underneath last year's sweaters. That's <laughs> right. what most people who are gun owners have. Okay? So first of all, making gun ownership your one issue that you're voting on is kind of ridiculous because even the most staunch Democrats who are like, we're, we're going to outlaw the AR-15 – now, you could imagine where if someone says we're going to outlaw the AR-15 or an assault rifle-style weapon, okay, you can imagine where someone who is big uh, pro-gun rights person might think, well, then they're going to take away my AR-15. Right. Right? They're going to – if it's outlawed, then I'm not allowed to have it anymore, right? So – but most people don't have the, most people have the one gun because they're like, my husband will protect us if someone breaks right. in, right? With his one gun, okay? So you're, you're making one issue, your, your, uh, your one issue that you care about in a presidential election when it's a non-issue. Like, right. even if they came for the AR-15s, your fucking little, like, 
hooker pistol is fine. Okay, it's it's fine. Yeah. No one cares about your hooker pistol, right? Like you're you're getting worked up about something that doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So they did. They did. Uh, so on the same token, uh, we think about the idea that no knock warrants are still they're still legal, right? I want to talk about I want to talk about that in a minute, but but I'm going to stick on this thing real quick. If so, let's say you're allowed to bear arms. I I agree. Let's say that you should be allowed to have a pistol to protect yourself. I agree. But if the government lets you have that pistol to protect yourself, but also says it's legal for a pair of cops to kick down your door in the middle of the night and just mow you down in your bed while you sleep. Right. What good did your little hooker pistol do? <laughs> exactly. It didn't do any good. Okay, so you need to focus your anger. You need to take your frustration with the fact that I should be allowed to protect myself, right? I'm, I'm entitled to my life my liberty and the pursuit of my happiness and i'm and i'm entitled to the fruit of my labor i'm entitled to keep my house safe so if someone comes in i should be able to have a little hooker pistol if i want to shoot them and get them the fuck out of my house right fine i'm with you but the government has said that it's okay for cops to kick down your door and mow you down while you sleep so what good does your hooker pistol do again you're making a one issue your issue that you want to vote for in Okay, next step. Let's say you're going to use your pistol to protect yourself. If it ever, if there ever comes a time where you need right to 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 uh, to take arms against a tyrannical government, okay. If that ever happens, you got your one little hooker pistol. Good for you. I'm glad you can go do that. I'm glad you can go do that. But who's going to be able to afford to have the kinds of weaponry that we need? In order to take down the government, it's like Bezos, and that's it. Yeah, and he's not on our side. Okay, nope. <laughs> that flamethrower you bought from Elon Musk three years ago—cool. Not gonna do anything, bro. Not gonna do it. They got I, tanks and shit, man. They'll just drive over my, your house. I said this on my life. He didn't, dude. They don't even have to leave their office. They'd be like, oh, there's an uprising? Hold on one second. I have an app for this. Let me pull up my drone send, app. Boop, pop, pop, send pop, pop, 367 okay, it's taken drones. Care of. There's no more out. <laughs> there's no more uprising. Like a fucking little thing, like a, a fucking little, uh, what are those little uh, vacuum cleaner robot things? <laughs> One a of those. Ro- a Roomba. A Roomba. A flying Roomba will take you and all your fucking hunting buddies out. <laughs> In 10 seconds, dog. There goes your government uprising. <laughs> your two buddies just fall down. Exactly. You could, yeah. you could, and here's the thing. You could own 100 guns. You could only shoot one at a time. <laughs> it's like having a, a big car full of garages, like, in case I need to fucking get out of here. You can only drive one of them, homie. <laughs> in case I need to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, you in case well, I need to get out of here and 19 batteries go dead at the yeah. same time. I got the 20th one. I got the 20th one, man. But I, I also, I also wonder on, peop- on this idea of, of traditionalism that you mentioned, right? This idea of, of, of ideals getting passed down to us and, the, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's who my father voted for, blah, 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 blah. And that's mm-hmm. who we are as a family, whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. This idea of traditionalism 
is so embedded in us. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially with the Electoral College. Uh, I think, and you can fucking quote me on this, this is my prediction. I think the generation coming behind us, this TikTok generation, right? Uh, I think they will are going to take away the Electoral College in 10 years time. I do not think in two more elections we will have an electoral college because if you think about it, the problem is our generation already have a big problem with it. There's a lot of us that are like, get rid of it. I don't give a fuck. But the generation before us, the gatekeepers, are traditionalist. They, well, that's the concept. It's in the fucking con- – It's either, you can't do that. Okay, okay. But mm-hmm. think about it. When they're fucking dead and we're the gatekeepers in 10, 15 years and that generation comes to us and they go, hey, man, we got to get rid of the Electoral College. We're going to be like, fucking yeah, <laughs> let's do that because we're already hope, so, uh, you know, we're already we, we are the generation that, that questioned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They are the generation that are actually taking action. Look at the look at what happened with the school shooting. I mean, which one? Uh, <laughs> um, the the big one with with, uh, with with David Hogg, right? The one of the and the um, I forget the uh, the girl's name. Um, she was fucking incredible through it all. The but they, they became uh, instant activists for gun lobbying, right? Oh, right. And yeah. they had mm-hmm. the town hall mm-hmm. meeting with fucking mm-hmm. politicians with millions of viewership. They've been, mm-hmm. uh, you know, starting funding for, for better gun laws and, and school safety, all these things. Like, this is the generation of action. And on a smaller scale, look at all just the dumb shit they've done with TikTok where they're like, oh, Donald Trump's having a, a you know, a million people rally and fucking in a big football stadium. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 200 people showed up, dog. That was us. So yeah. like it's this generation yeah. of action that we uh, that's coming up behind us and mm-hmm. they are going to be asking us for help and for permission to change a lot of these big issues like electoral college and gun laws and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to be like, fuck yeah, let's do that shit. And I, I'm so excited for that because it is the death of traditionalism. I am so exhausted with the excuse of, well, because my father or, be, you know, well, the Bible says, well, you have to do... I don't give a fuck about any of that. We are living in the now, and the now is ever changing. And so, and so, it's I, I hate dictating our future by being too stubborn to change our past. It doesn't make any fucking sense to keep doing the things that hurt us because that's what people thought. 200 years ago was the mm. thing to do. And that comes I with think- church, school, elections, all that shit, like marriage, all that shit is like, it's all fucking crumbled up in this ball of, well, that's what they did, so that's what we do. Well, we're not them, and they're not mm-hmm. us, and times are different. So fuck yeah. what they did, and let's do stuff that actually benefits us and fits our lifestyle now. I think um, I hope I hope you're right. I th- <laughs> I, I yeah I I uh, 
I teach college age kids. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be admired there. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to be admired there. I think, um, I'm talking even younger than them too. Like we have a, you know, my, my girlfriend has a 13 year old, right? Yeah. And she, uh, she had some friends over for Halloween and, um, like, like two other girls here. Um, and we were, we were in the kitchen and they were in the living room or they were, yeah, we were in the kitchen and they were like in like the living room area eating pizza and talking or whatever. The conversation they were having was about sexual identity, mm-hmm. uh, about toxic masculinity and about, uh, there was a boy who was getting harassed for wearing uh, a dress and they were going at it with uh, another boy online who was kind of hating on it. And they were sticking up for them and saying whatever he feels comfortable in is what he feels comfortable in. He should not be judged and all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. getting rid of this toxic idea of like what a man is and like having really in-depth conversations about that. And about the other thing that they were talking about too was um, was was stealing culture. Like one of them had seen, like their mom had seen like this beautiful like Indian gown and uh, and she had like uh, told her daughter, she's like, oh, you'd look really good in that or something like that, like that kind of print, like you'd look great. And she's like, uh, mom, that's cultural appropriation. That is not, a, 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 and like read her yeah. fucking rights, right? And they were discussing <laughs> that. These are yeah. issues, these are conversations happening with 13-year-old children. You know what yeah. the fuck I was talking about at 13? Beavis and Butthead. That's what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> I was singing Adam Sandler at a medium pace to my friends <laughs> behind the fucking monkey bars, dog. Like, yeah. things are changing. They're changing so rapidly. And those mm-hmm. are the conversations that they're having at 13. Imagine yeah. now once they get to a voting age. Imagine once they get to decisions of 25, 30. Imagine once they get to run for office and president and all that stuff. Imagine... 20 30 years from now the world we'll be living in will be without color or sexual identity and all of these things it would be about just people mm. hopefully at least that's what i'm seeing in my crystal ball of of adolescence of being well, around it i i again i think i think there is a lot of hope in kids i think they're inevitably going to be better than us just because they're going to be more informed than us yeah um, from, from the time they were born. Right. Um, yeah. The, 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 the internet, uh, uh, streaming technology, broadband in your hand, in your pocket has been their whole life. And while I think yeah. there's likely, um, probably some untold negative side effects from all that, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, 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 there's a lot to be optimistic about, right? Because you, you, you think they are, I do think they will be better than us because they're going to know more than us quicker than we did. And they're going to deal with, um, they're going to deal with things with that knowledge. Um, but I kind of to, to roll back just a few seconds, I, I think and it, it'll, it'll tie in. I promise. Yeah. I think that, I think that it's important that we acknowledge the fact that, um, just as there are things that we know now, to just be absolute fact. There were things that 200 years ago, the founding fathers, if you will, they just didn't know. Yeah. They just didn't know. Things were what they were. But the geniuses 
that were the founding fathers set things up to allow us to change them as times change. Yes. That's the genius of the founding fathers. That's the genius of the Constitution, that everything allows for the possibility that something could happen in the future that we don't know about right now, and therefore we have to include a mechanism by which things can change. And so I, I get a little upset when, when people say, you know, we need to change things now for the sake of change, and, and the past was terrible, and the present is, is, is better but also it's terrible, right? That things yeah. are terrible. Like if you talk to anyone, things are ter- the world is on fire. The <laughs> it's always world been. is there's nothing good going on right now. However, things are things in 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 almost every measurable metric are better now than they have been ever in human history. Yeah. And we always have blips of terribleness, right? We have world fucking war, right? We had world fucking war. Let me say that again. World fucking war. Everybody was at war. Now, we can say they didn't have the A-bombs. They didn't have the kind of destructive technology we had. They were using every bit of technology they had and spending immense amount of dollars to try to develop new technology to fucking destroy each other with at one point in our our history. Right? God damn it. At one point in our history, there was world fucking war. So things are better now. <laughs> things things, things can are be way terrib- better now. I have a puppy in things, my lap. <laughs> things can be te- things can be terrible, but th- we also have to acknowledge that things are better now, and we also have to acknowledge what we have to use the past as inspiration rather than using it as a shield. Right? A lot of times we end up using the past as a shield in one way or the other. They'll yeah. be like, oh, well, fuck, the last time we tried something like that, it didn't quite go this way. We're not even going to try again. We're not even going to try again. Yeah. Or uh, this is the way we've always done it, and this is the way it's always worked, so we're going to keep doing it. We're using the past as a shield instead of using the past as inspiration, instead of using the past to propel us forward. Yeah. Right? And, and so I, I think that we have to kind of instill I, – I don't know. I, I – I would be remiss to say that I think that I should instill the next generation with fucking anything because I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they, I don't know that they need to listen to me, uh, but but I think we do have an obligation to to always to always try to push things forward in a in a in a positive direction. There's nothing wrong um, with using the past also, as a blueprint or using the past as uh, you know, like I, I'm saying. I guess my argument to that would – well, not argument, but my side note to that would be would be agreeing but have an asterisk that just says, yeah, like use it as a blueprint or use it as, mm-hmm. uh, as evidence of what to do or not to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid mm-hmm. to change things. Yeah. Don't be afraid don't, to tweak it or adjust it. Don't – yeah. Don't be afraid to try things. And I, and I think that's um, – that's what I think this generation kind of has. Um, they've been kind of, believe it or not, I think they've been kind of lucky in in, in a few ways. Yeah. Um, in that uh, they've seen they've seen things like Barack Obama's presidency, right? Where it's uh, it's 
regardless of whether you agree with the man's policies, it was the it was it was the first time yeah. that a vast swath of the of the nation could look up and go, that guy looks like me. That's great. I think that's cool. I, I that that is possible. It is possible to aspire toward greatness. Yeah. It is possible to aspire toward the top, right? And I think that's I think that's cool. They've witnessed that happen. Right. They've witnessed on the same token. They've they've seen the movie, The Social Network. Right. And they've seen how this just like nerd was in his college dorm and was like, now he's a multi bajillionaire. They've seen how these things are possible and they've 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 taken in more knowledge than any generation before them. Right. It's 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 important to remember that that you remember when you would this is the the dumbest thing, but I know you're going to remember it. You remember a time when you would just go, man, I wonder, fill in the blanks, whatever, and then you didn't have the internet to just go <laughs> yeah, fucking figure it out? You just You're just like, I wonder how old Steven of- Tyler is. How many times, just- how many times did you beg your parents for a set of encyclopedias? Oh, bro. Begged. Yeah. Begged. Yeah. I was like, can we, can we get an encyclopedia? I just want to know stuff. It's just stuff I got cropping up around here, and I'm wondering if that's real. Yeah. And and we just didn't have that ability, right? So so this generation is going to have consumed more information than any generation before them. Well, and yeah, I it's think just so much great. more accessible. accessible. Yeah. And I, you know what's so funny, I, on a lighter note, is uh, we were driving in the car the other day, and I had Maddie, and, and, uh, and so I... I have it. I have an old Mercedes, right? Um, not that old. It's like a 2004 or something like that. But like, it's old and um, reasonable. Reasonable stand-up comic purchase, right? Yeah. <laughs> I get a little money. I buy a fucking two-seater Mercedes, like an idiot. Anyways, um, a, a, a sensible car to get you from <laughs> A to B. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's good gas mileage. It's easy to be worked on. <laughs> It's perfect. Anyways, uh, it it has like the old school radio in it where I still have a six disc CD changer in the trunk, right? Uh-huh. But it doesn't have an auxiliary import. So what mm-hmm. I did was I've rigged it up. Uh, I bought, I ordered one of those um, radio tuners. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you plug it into the cigarette lighter and you you set it to the radio and then it plays right. and you plug your phone into that and then it plays through the radio yeah. channel. So she's like, I want to listen to music. I was like, cool, here you go. And she's like, what is this? <laughs> and I had to explain <laughs> it to her. And I was like, well, you know, we could always, uh, we could always burn a CD and, and we could like play a CD in here. And she's like, what? <laughs> I was like, you've never... Have you have you never burned a CD? And she's like, I don't I don't know what that. It like it what are you talking violent. about? <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit! I was like, it's like making a playlist. Only then you can like. You I'm know. not allowed to have a lighter, Michael. Yeah, twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was fucking great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they they they've they've consumed a lot of information and they're more learned. Uh, yeah. they're especially, they're certainly more socially aware yes. of other people's scenarios. Like, um, you know, I was, you know, when I was a kid there, there was, there were like four black people in my, in my whole town, like four, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and here's the thing. 
if you and one of them don't get along, that's you. I think you pretty much are a racist, right? Like, like, like twenty five percent of the right. people of color in your entire town you don't get along with, right? And then also you're decreasing your chances of having a black friend by twenty five percent just by not getting along with one person. Well, I right? think so it was ve- it was very hard to have any interaction with anybody who didn't look like me. When I was a little kid, because there were none. Right. (laughs) That was it. And that's the, and that's again feeding into this idea of this votership that we're talking about, right? Um, You have this traditional idea of of votership in these red states. So Mm -hmm. when they go into the voting booth and they're looking at trans rights that will serve in the military, they're like, well, I don't know anybody's. I've never met a fucking trans person. I don't know what that, right. you know, what that even right. is. And right. it's nothing against them personally. They just haven't been mm-hmm. exposed to that. Again, again, with right. like things like gay marriage and all these other things or abortion mm-hmm. even. You're sitting there going, well, my daughter would never get an abortion. And I'm like, okay, that's great for you. But you have to not only vote yeah. for you and your family, but your neighbors and, and people around you too. You have to think about, you know, that black guy at your work. Like, should right. you, I don't know, yeah. work on... <laughs> Yeah, having police be nicer <laughs> to to black folk probably right. uh you right. have to think about you know that the the gay woman at your you know at your, at your fucking right. bus stop or this or that like these things that people are not exposed to i'm trying to think of locations where you <laughs> but where you have lack of diversity where do rednecks go uh, the, <laughs> the, the the bus stop What I'm saying is when you have lack of diversity, then you have lack of learning and you have lack of empathy. It's hard to feel, you know, a certain way about other people in in their situation when you've never been exposed to that. Uh, And that's that's a big problem that we have in 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 America. In this country is you have a lot of these people that are spread out in these rural areas. Mm -hmm. Um and I guess the only answer is to mix it up better, right? So, and we've been talking about this for years since Obama left office was this idea of if you are a Democrat and you're doing well or you can work from wherever, you don't have to be in New York or Chicago or LA or a big mm-hmm. city like this. Mm-hmm. You can, if you can live in motherfucking Boise, Idaho or wherever the fuck, like do that. Do that. Set the example in your town. Again, what you speak to all the time is this change in your community. Be that mm-hmm. change in the community. Set the example, you know. Um, there's a great, and this will be the thing that I'll share because we're, we're running there. So uh, this, this will be my the, my thing I'll, I'll share for the week. Um, Letterman put up uh, new episodes of his uh, Netflix interview series. Uh, mm-hmm. my guest tonight, or my yeah, I think that's what it's uh, called. My, ge- my guest tonight, my whatever it is, my well, next whatever guest? it is, yeah, my next. You've guest. seen it. it's the Letterman one-on-one interviews that he's been doing yeah. on Netflix. It's a great series. If you haven't seen it already, please go check it out. There's some really really powerful episodes on there, but the the one that I saw recently was Dave Chappelle, and Letterman went during the pandemic to Ohio and met with Chappelle on Chappelle's farm where he's been holding these big shows and like doing all this stuff. And he went to uh, this little town, uh, Youngstown or not Youngstown. Um, where's a uh, yellow, uh, Yellowstone, yellow, wherever it's right yellow outside Springs. of Dayton, Yellow Springs. 
And uh, I wish I've done a show there in this little bookstore. It's so yeah, it's such you're a from Ohio. Yeah, and I'm not. The it's hell's such wrong a cool you? fucking little town. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is there is oh, I think I've played a show in Yellow Springs. Yellow Springs is a dope little community. Um, but I think I played a show. Tell me, do you remember a coffee shop called the Spirited Goat? I think that's where they had the comedy shows. It's like a coffee really? shop bookstore kind of thing. Uh, that's wild because I think I played there. Now I got to go watch this episode. Yeah, it's great. Because re- I can empathize with it and relate to it because I've been exposed to it. Nah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but what, what Chappelle talks about is how everybody in that town knows each other. They look out for each other. They protect each other. And it's a progressive little town. They mix it up. They talk about different religions and politics and all these things because in the community – they talk to each other. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's a back and forth there. He's very active there. And I think we need more of that. And it's something that I witnessed firsthand um, when I was in, in Germany a few years ago. Nobody was, nobody had headphones on. Nobody was out in the, like people were sitting on park benches conversing with strangers. People were talking to other people in coffee shops and, and conversating. People were walking the streets with their neighbor and stuff like that. Like everybody was also like, this is a little side note, but everybody was like dressed to go somewhere. Nobody was wearing sweatpants with fucking juicy on the ass. Like they were in pea coats and fucking nice attire. Like they were going out into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mm-hmm. such a, uh, uh, it was such a beautiful thing to see was this level of appreciation for each other. And I think that's what Dave Chappelle was talking about in that Letterman thing. And that's what I've heard you speak on. So if you get the chance Take the time, check out that Letterman episode. It's on Netflix right now. Um, it's a, it's a, it's fucking, it's it's incredible. Good. I, I've been considering that for a long time, and I feel like I have to do it. I used to love Letterman, and there was a time there at the yeah. end where I just I couldn't watch him, and he was just like angry. He just didn't seem like he wanted to be there anymore at that point, and you, yeah. and and. and so uh, it sounds like you're saying he's gotten back to a point where he at least appears to be enjoying doing his job again. You know, you know, and I'm not going to ruin anything by saying this, but there's a moment towards the end where, you know, you hear Letterman complimenting Dave Chappelle throughout the interview. And there's a and Dave tries to get him back a few times and and Dave always shuts him down. Dave's been super humble in all of these interviews. He is such a larger than life figure cuz you think you're sitting down with Dave Chappelle. That's a huge fucking right. deal. Yeah, yeah. But it's not compared to somebody like Letterman, you know? Like right. Letterman is yeah. still like this this yeah. planet. Um mm-hmm. and so there's a moment where where Letterman is really complimenting Dave and all the hard work he's done and telling him what a big fan he has been. And Dave goes to compliment him back and or and yeah, Dave goes to compliment him back and Letterman shuts him down. No, he's like, I don't stop. Just stop. And Dave goes, No, I have to tell you this. He yeah. goes, as somebody who is who is uh you know, that you have so much admiration for and all this stuff, he goes, I learned everything from watching what you have done. And everything that you gave me access to growing up, I would watch people perform on your show. I'd watch stand-ups like Eddie Murphy and all this stuff. Yeah. I'd sit on your couch. And he's like, all the stuff that makes me great, I learned from watching you. 
And it's just like this beautiful moment where you have these two icons that share Mm -hmm. this admiration for each other that go, Mm -hmm. you're fucking awesome. And the other one goes, no, no, you're fucking awesome. And it's just like this moment of like, man, with, of course, all the all the powerful stuff that Dave Chappelle has been doing lately with that, especially with that um, special he put out after uh, the George Floyd um, protests. The thing I loved about that special, it was just. It was apparent that he was uncomfortable yeah. doing it, but he did it anyway. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. Um, well, I'm going to change what my share was to to my favorite Dave Chappelle quote because I think it's important right now. All right. Um, and my favorite Dave Chappelle quote of all time, believe it or not, is... Women be shopping? Take, what? Women be shopping? <laughs> yes. See ya. The end. <laughs> No, uh, Nutty Professor Two. <laughs> Women be shopping. Uh, my my favorite Dave Chappelle quote of all time is: "Take every opportunity that's presented to you to be kind, especially if it's something that's easy to do." Yeah, that's I think beautiful. That's an incredible. That's an incredible quote. Yeah, because and it, and it goes along with what we've been talking about because because um. I think it's easy to get wrapped up in an election like this and think that, like, I'm being a good person because I'm calling random people and reminding them to vote on behalf of the Democratic Party. Right. No, you're fucking not. You're bugging people who don't want to hear from you, and they're not going to go, oh, my God, some stranger called me today and reminded me to vote. I'm going (laughs) to go. That's not what's going to fucking happen. No. You're just annoying people. But there are much easier much more effective and uh, 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 much uh, much more uh, readily accessible opportunities to be kind in your everyday life. And you could take just one of those and, uh, and, and it's going to have a bigger impact than it would if you called 6,000 people and asked them to remember to go vote. So yeah. try to do fucking nice things for people is all I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, it's easy to be it's easy to be fucking nice. It is. All right, homie. Anyways, love you, buddy. I love you, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Malone, and I just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can follow along with us on Twitter at SpeakerPhonePod. That's at SpeakerPhonePod. We'll be posting clips, updates, sharing news stories that we're talking about all right there. Uh, and if you're looking for more podcasts to check out, check out CultureCast Radio. It's right here on the 4D Podcast Network. You'll love it. I love it. Everybody loves it. Check it out. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.